0: County Democrats have made their decision on an endorsement in the 2020 mayoral race. It's Assemblyman Todd Gloria. The move was key, as it is likely the next San Diego mayor will be a Democrat, and that party has a significant registration advantage. Gloria is expected to face off against fellow Democrat Barbara Bree in the 2020 general election, and as of now, there's no Republican candidate. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. To get a better understanding of what this endorsement means, we have David Garrick, who covers City Hall, and Michael Smolens, a political columnist. David, why don't you explain what happened last night with Todd Gloria?
1: Uh, he got a really key endorsement from the De- Democratic Party uh, Central Committee. Uh, it's considered especially important uh, this year because he's running against a rival Democrat, Barbara Bree. She's a councilwoman with some name recognition. And so for him to get the endorsement was a big big coup for him.
0: Mm-hmm. Why
1: don't you explain who's running in the mayoral race? Uh, The two leading candidates are Assemblyman Todd Gloria, who was on the City Council before he went to the Assembly, and Councilwoman Barbara Bree. Uh, There are some other candidates, like I guess nine other candidates, but none of them have name recognition or have raised any money. So those are perceived to be the two leading candidates. Mm-hmm. Now There's been rumors throughout the process that uh, Republican city councilman Mark Kersey, who actually just became an independent, he'd been a Republican, may enter the race. When I've asked Kersey's people, they've always just basically demurred. They haven't said stop mentioning it, and they haven't said keep mentioning it. They've just had no comment.
0: All right, so I guess that's a maybe. So, Michael, can you give us the kind of political landscape when it comes to this mayor race? Because we're just coming off of the end of the Faulkner era. What should we see?
2: Well, as David mentioned and alluded to, that, that it looks like we're going to certainly have a Democratic mayor. It'd be, it's rather astounding that no Republican has jumped in the race. Remember, this used to be a Republican town not long ago. This the dynamics these days are very difficult for Republicans in almost any office in San Diego. But reflecting on the endorsement, uh, this right now, I think, is kind of the watershed moment of the campaign between Gloria and, and Bree because Gloria, at least in the image, seemed to be the juggernaut. He was getting all the big sort of democratic-related endorsements, labor groups, and and all those aligned groups, uh, climate groups, and stuff like that.
1: The governor, Governor Newsom. Governor, governor Newsom, yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and but sometimes you just never know, you know, how not how real that is, but how. Uh, what the impact that is. Oh, going I've covered to
1: many races where endorsements really haven't mattered. Yeah. You think for sure the endorsements they're all lined up on one side and then someone else does much better at the polls, so you never know.
2: But to to win the the county democratic party endorsement in the primary uh, against Bree when I'm when a lot of people are counseling them, "Hey, you've got two acceptable candidates. Why don't you wait till the, the runoff in mm-hmm. or the general election in November?" This is going to be a big benefit to him. Uh, they, he, that throws the whole institutional aspect of the party behind him, uh, along with all the other candidates that they're going to be promoting. Uh, so it's it's a big uh, bonus, but it also really does verify the fact that he is clearly the front runner on you know both fundraising and now uh, endorsement. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and to go back to last night, I mean the, the arguments in favor of not endorsing were let's let the voters decide this. Let's not have the party weigh this one way or the other. Let's let the voters speak in March, the March primary, as opposed to stacking the deck in favor of Gloria. On the other side, the argument for Gloria, I thought the strongest argument I heard was, if Todd and Gloria keep attacking each other, we're making ourselves vulnerable to a potential Republican. And, yeah, Republicans don't seem to have enough registered voters for that to matter. Uh-huh. But that was the coherent argument is let's rally behind one candidate. Let's make sure we get a Democrat to take over the mayor's job. If we continue to allow Barbara and Todd to fight back and forth, it hurts our change. well
2: Well uh – I mean, there's no guarantee that they're going to, uh, the Brie campaign is going to stop attacking uh, Gloria. She's been more the aggressor. Of course, I think that's what happens when you're coming from behind. Mm -hmm. She did an impressive job of raising money, Uh, didn't raise as much as Todd Gloria, but... uh, But she was close. I think she raised
1: more, she was closer than people had expected, I think.
2: I think one of the interesting things will be, and we don't need to get into the weeds on this, but there's been a lawsuit filed, request for investigations over this other, this assembly committee that Todd Gloria has raised a lot of money in, Mm -hmm. and how he's formed that, whether that. Was legal and how he can use that money. That is an additional $300,000 over and above his lead in the mayoral race. So that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Uh, He can't spend it directly on his campaign. He could spend it indirectly, and that's what sort of the fight is about. Interestingly, a lot of this uh, uh, dust up, if you will, came just in the days before the the endorsement meeting of the party. If the intent was to try to derail that, it certainly didn't work. And also, what are some of the key issues that Todd Gloria is using
0: to define his campaign?
1: Well, he certainly focused on housing up at Sacramento, uh, and, Gloria, and and Bree, Bree has, has attacked him on that. Uh, they've both battled over scooters, uh, scooter regula- regulations. She wants more strict regulations than he supports. Um, yeah, I don't know. Todd has not put forth as many ideas as Barbara. Barbara puts out policy pieces all the time. Mm-hmm. She wants to build a technology jobs hub downtown. She's focused on, on more issue, issue-based things than Todd has so far. I think Todd's running on his record. When he was in city council, he got the minimum wage increase in San Diego passed. He helped write the city's climate action plan. He, he says when he becomes mayor, he'll now implement the plan that he wrote.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think a lot of folks don't see a big difference between Bree and Gloria and how City Hall would be run under either of them.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, and as I said, Bree is trying to sort of sharpen those differences because that's what you need to do if you're tr- in a case of catch up. And uh, granted, there haven't been any poll- public polls that we've seen, but you know, all the indications are by the yardsticks, he's he's uh, moving ahead of her. Uh, housing, I think, is a is a big one that we're going to hear a lot about. She thinks that's a real vulnerability. Uh, He's in a more, you know, YIMBY mode of wanting to increase housing. There's a shortage. Uh, Looking to Sacramento to help, you know, kind of force local governments to do that. There's a strong resistance to that locally across the state, and Bree's really tapping into that. She's not going to cop to being, you know, a NIMBY person, but there's that kind of thinking. Uh, Let's face it. Anti-development sentiment has been in San Diego's DNA for decades.
1: She says she supports loosening regulations in transit areas, but she feels like Gloria's, the things that Gloria supports go too far and would also loosen regulations in single-family residential home neighborhoods like Tierra Santa, Claremont, and she feels like she's going to get support from those voters based on her opposition.
0: Mm-hmm. At that
1: meeting that you were
0: at, David, Are there any tensions within the county Democratic Party that kind of mirror the national conversation that's going on? There are currently fights when it comes to essentially generational fights between what should be important to the Democratic Party, as we're seeing with the ongoing primary. Is that happening here?
1: You know, I would say not as pronounced as on the national stage. Maybe on Twitter, these people are more vocal. In Mm -hmm. the middle of a room together, it it was more collegial. There was definitely some, some snarky comments and some backbiting on... Uh, how aggressive to get in, on climate change in the county Democratic Party platform and some other issues. But in general, it was a collegial environment.
2: I think one of the things you're going to be seeing uh, as the campaign moves on, in addition to issues, is is who the candidates are. I know the Gloria campaign is looking to to do that. Todd Gloria is forty one years old. He's sort of a younger generation. I think Barbara Bree is 69, 69 or, 70, or seventy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he came up for modest uh, means. He's uh-huh. got he's uh, got a diverse background. We were just talking about uh, Native
1: American, Filipino, and Latino.
2: And he would be the first gay mayor in San Diego's history. Barbara Bree is uh, from La Jolla. She's, she was an entrepreneur before serving on the city council. Very successful and had mm-hmm. many successful businesses. Uh, they're looking at sort of you know that she's a woman and that would bring a certain, uh, you know, gender dynamic to, to the mayor's office. So I think you'll be seeing that contrast. Who that works better for, I don't know, but I know that uh, Todd's story is going to be a lot of his uh, his campaign.
1: Right, but she tries to flip that and say that Todd is a career politician. He's always strategizing for what his next job is going to be. He was on the council. Then he knew he was going to go to assembly. He's always planned to run for mayor, whereas she paints herself as an ordinary citizen who made good and now has decided to give her time to make the city a better place. Mm-hmm. Well, when it all comes down to it, it will
0: ultimately come down to who turns out and who votes. So is there parts of the city that um,
1: Gloria or Bree have the advantage? Uh, well, Gloria is from District 3, which is North Park, Hillcrest, in that area. And I imagine he'll get a huge swath of uh, support there. Uh, and I think he'll probably get widespread support in the south part of the city based on its ethnicity. Uh, Bree, I think, is going to get support from single-family neighborhoods, maybe mm-hmm. whiter neighborhoods. And I think she's playing to that audience. What do you think, Michael?
2: Well, yes. Uh, it's interesting. The city has changed so much, but that's a dynamic that has gone back uh, a couple few decades. The mm-hmm. north and south of Interstate 8, really, is kind of the dividing line. It's it's not as clear-cut. It used to be. It, it was a bit of the haves and have-nots to the north and the south things have changed, but there's that, that building dynamic in this particular race. Yeah. And if the two of them
1: end up in the runoff in November, I mean, you have to guess that Republicans would probably lean toward her. I don't know. But you'd have to guess that she would get a larger percentage of Republican votes than Gloria. I don't know.
0: Yeah, interestingly enough, this race might come down to who kind of mobilizes the Republicans,
2: if you think about it. Well, they're going to have to go someplace if they don't have a candidate, and you know, again, city politics are kind of interesting because it's it's not quite as purely partisan as in other levels of, of politics and government. Mm-hmm. Very, it, it has a strong, strong aspect of it, but where you know, a moderate Democrat could appeal, and uh, if that's how, how Brie is uh, is portrayed, uh, her business background, it'll be interesting to see what the Chamber of Commerce does, because uh, Todd Gloria, actually, you know, as though he's got labor backing and mended fences, uh, some labor groups were not happy with him because he had sort of a pro-business stance on certain downtown aspects, and uh, so he's got friends uh, in the whole chamber circle as well.
0: What's the dynamic looking like at the city council, because that also affects the dynamic when Whoever wins wins.
1: Well, the city council is uh, six Democrats now, two Republicans, and one independent. Because I had mentioned earlier that Mark Kersey turned independent, and the Republicans are just just grabbing on as hard as they can to try to at least keep uh, you know two seats. Uh, Chris Kate was elected uh, last year, so he's safe. Uh, but in District Seven, Mark Hersey, uh, District 5, Mark Hersey and District 7, Scott Sherman, are termed out. So both of those are open seats. It looks like the Democrats are maybe favored to win District 7, and District 5 is a coin flip. So it's going to be interesting to see. It could end up being 8-1. Wow.
2: But one thing, again, sort of, and I sound like a broken record, uh, San Diego has gotten more partisan than it had been the council in the past decades. But we made a big deal, me included, of when the, the the council got six Democratic votes. That would allow them to override Kevin, uh, Kevin Faulkner veto, the mm-hmm. Republican mayor. I don't believe he's vetoed anything, and I don't think that there's been an override attempt. Uh, he's been able to, you know, work things. Uh, again, on local issues, it's not quite as clear-cut in terms of Democrat and Republican stuff. Plus, he's been around, and he knows how to— to help a certain council member with things in their district or on their issues to, to get their support on certain.
1: I guess day. I would agree with that, but the mayor really wanted a convention center vote last year, and it didn't happen because mm-hmm. of the Democratic majority. Uh-huh. And the, the Democratic majority passed in a, a sort of controversial inclusionary housing policy a couple weeks ago that would uh, force developers to include more low-income units in their projects. Uh, now, only passed 5-4, so he still might veto it. But there is, there's some dissension, and I would say it seems to be on the rise as opposed to on the wane.
2: Mm-hmm. Well yes but you know you mentioned the convention center vote this was that was a different council this new council he was able to get peel off a vote to get an early primary vote as opposed to the November election, which is what he wanted. But yeah, I mean, the the housing thing, I think, is an area where there's going to be some division. And it's going to be very interesting to see what he does with that inclusionary housing thing, because by his silence, he clearly does not favor that uh, approach or to the extent that approach has gone under Georgette Gomez.
0: And also, it's worth noting that this vote will occur at the same time as the California primary. So there will be a lot more people voting than something happening in an off cycle. So that could change the race as well.
1: Absolutely. And then the general election will be under the presidential election. So the turnout in November 2020 is supposed to be extremely high. Mm-hmm. You'd think that would have to favor Glory if he happens to make the runoff, which seems likely.
0: All right. David Garrick, Michael Smolens, thank you both so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: In other political news, the Republican Party of San Diego County has launched a new website. It's called San Diego News Desk. And unlike nearly all news sites, it doesn't have any bylines on its stories, nor any writers or editors listed on the site. This tactic has become more common in political campaigns to design political messaging in the local news, and has become commonplace in areas with little to no news sources. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. Try out some of our other podcasts, too. Our Ideas and Opinion team hosts The Conversation, which features interviews with newsmakers and experts about San Diego news and issues. Our sports department hosts Hot Lava about all things Padres. To see all of our audio offerings, go to UnionTrib.com slash podcasts. Until next time.